Breakfast Briefing. I'm Brooks Brewer. It's time to brief you what's happening in the world of current events and the news and whatever else we want to talk about because that's what we do on a regular basis on the program. Once you get involved with us by giving us a call on the Brew Lines, the number 918-756-3646. And again, the number 918-756-3646. And you can also text on the Windy Chevy text line. It's available for you 24-7 for you to text in your thoughts. And uh, whatever you want to text in, just a good morning is always nice. Or uh, an article or, you know, stuff I need to know. Feedback during the program, that's that's what you can text in. So anyway, again, 756-3646. Good Friday morning to you. We were going to try to live stream this program today. But I didn't get it all set up properly, I don't think. I was looking at it and getting ready to go with it. And I'm like, I don't think I'm ready to go with it yet. But we are recording it now. We're putting it out there on Rumble, the video platform called Rumble. It's it's like YouTube, only better because it promotes free speech. So that's out there. And uh, still Spotify and Google and those places for the for the, uh, for the show. And uh, where else? Anyway, we're going to try to get the live stream thing up. We'll figure that out. My producer and I are working on that right now, so <laughs> it don't count on him, though. He's not the best in the entire world right there. Good morning, Tricia. We got some texts coming in here on the Wendy Chevy text line. There's Tricia. She is up and at him. Good morning to you. JP is already back in there. There's a Snoopy TGIF edition of meme right there. Thank God it's Friday. Vicky's in there early. Hi, Vicky. And hello to everybody else that's going to be coming in here. And those people that don't text, you just kind of hang out and listen. That's awesome. Let me see. Let me go to the interwebs and see. I see you coming in here. Thank you so much. Anyway, I hope you're doing fantastically. It's going to get cold again today, I guess. Now, let's see what the forecast is doing. What's it doing out there? 12 degrees. We had a pretty decent day yesterday. Weather was pretty dead gum nice. But not today. Gone by 25 for the high temp today. We will have sunshine. Wind chills zero to ten. Wind chill right now is minus two. Is it windy out there? It's not windy here too much. But good night. Winds at Okmulgee Airport uh, north uh, twelve to twenty. Wind chill minus two right now. That's just unbelievable. It's, it's cold. So just know that when you're going to work today. Twenty five tomorrow in sunshine down to sixteen overnight. Thirty six on Sunday. Mm, got a chance of some stuff for Sunday night. Rain, freezing rain after midnight. Well, that'll be pleasant for Monday morning now, won't it? 60% of that chance of that down to 29. Monday showers, high near 40. So hopefully it won't be any freezing stuff. Probably be mixed in the morning, though. 80% chance that it happened Monday morning. 40% chance that night down to 34. So it's going to, you know, it's going to be warmer. That's That's good. Tuesday, 48. Come on. Wednesday, 50, we're getting there, and Thursday, 52. There is light at the end of the proverbial tunnel right there. Let's take a look at the air temperatures around the state. We got teens up in the panhandle and single digits at the top, six in Newkirk uh, up there. And then let's see what the hottest spot is down there to the south. 29 in Broken Bow. That's the temperatures around the state right there. So, anyway. That is what it is. Good morning, Tony. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Brewer, she says. Still keeping your exercise commitment, she asked. I committed to swim one mile twice a week at the gym, not outside with the polar bears running around in Okmulgee, LOL. Well, um, 
Yes and no, Tony. Yes and no. Yes and no. So uh, yes, I have, and no, I haven't. I, you know, so that means I might have missed a day or two, but I've I've done pretty good. So we, we're on week three, right, of the new year. And uh, how, how are you doing on your swimming? Two miles a week, swimming a mile. That seems like a lot of swimming right there. I, I don't have a pool. And, uh, no, we did have a question uh, this week on the program. If there was any polar bears running around Ogmulgee, rumors were flying. <laughs> no, but there are pot-bellied pigs running around at, in Ogmulgee right there. No polar bears. Anyway, speaking of polar bears, has any of you ever done the polar plunge uh, where you jump in a, in a barrel full of ice water? or anything like that. I have been, uh, of course, you know, it's a struggle. It, I mean, keeping healthy is a struggle, right? Am I right? It's a struggle. You got to try to eat right and exercise and swim a mile and all the things you have to try to do. It's a struggle. And so, yes, I know I was, uh, I was going to do this, uh, watch the videos, but, but uh, anyway, um, but I've been reading and hearing about this, this polar plunge and sitting in ice water. Well, I don't have a big old bucket of ice water to sit in, but I do have, you know, a knob on the shower. And so uh, what I've been doing at the end of the shower, I take a warm shower and do all the stuff. And then I turn it to far as cold as it'll go. And I'm telling you, it is just brutal. But the health benefits, they say, are phenomenal. Like they say, your liver will send out the, the enzymes or not the enzymes, whatever it is to your body. And it just heal everything in your mind and your neuro, blah, 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 going. I mean, this is scientific stuff I'm throwing out there, all the big words and stuff. It is just, it's supposed to be phenomenal for you health-wise. I believe <laughs> it better be because I'm telling you, it's not fun. And I can only last about 60 seconds. I'm counting in my head and it's just brutal. And especially now because the water is so cold going through the pipes, you know what I mean? It gets cold. But I'm doing her, trying to, you know, see what it does. And, and you feel invigorated when it's over. <laughs> Anybody else doing that? Anybody? No, I'm the, I'm the only one. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm doing it. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. So, Tony, I think you should swim in the ice water. Well, speaking of swimming and, and all that, oh, what's his name? Michael Phelps was doing that, I think, at the uh, – he was swimming in cold water, and it helped him. Help him get her done. So, uh, ice baths. Thank you. That, that's the word. Not a big bucket of ice. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me see what what is happening in news, ladies and gentlemen. We got some stuff out there happening um, that we'll talk about. Oh, by the way, good morning, David. I I did overlook you, partner. I see you over there, and I appreciate you coming in here, Bob. I appreciate it. Hope you're doing good this morning, my friend. Okay, there's the Davos meeting of the WEF is, is wrapped up. I guess it's over, and, and they're sending all the rich people home. I was reading about that this morning, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was it, it takes about a hundred grand to be a member of the Davos elitist people, to be a part of the group, hundred thousand membership. They say that these people that, that are and you, you only get to go through personal invitation, which I did not receive. And you, it costs about thirty-five, forty thousand dollars for a ticket. 
<laughs> to get in. And then, of course, you got to fly your private jet over there, however much that costs. And then the food and then the drinks, it's expensive in the prostitution and everything else. It's oh, the, the housing. I mean, it could be $35,000 for a, a house for the few days that these people are there. They say they can cost about three hundred fifty grand to attend this thing which is more than I make in an entire month. So I'm not going to spend that on one weekend. You know what I'm saying? And going to Davos, I'll just watch it on the interwebs, but that's what they say. These people are spending over and there's been several people speak and most of them are globalist elitist weirdos, but there's a couple of that, uh, Javier Millet, the new president from Argentina spoke about capitalism and we might or might not play some of that clip today. But there was there was a few people standing up against the globalist elitist. Here's the president of the Heritage Group uh, speaking to the class down there, uh, and he's talking quite a bit about Donald J. Trump. And, uh, and it's it, laughable it, that you here would, we go. or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, standing up for it. It's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions the average person know based on climate change are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. The fourth, China. The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only... Do we at, at Davos not say that? We give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. For whatever reason. Okay, we, are we, uh, there we go. So the, the question is just going to be if Trump can get in there. I was reading again, uh, this morning a political scenario about how do you win elections? And, and you, evidently you win them in the suburbs. The rural people vote red and they vote Republican. The urban people vote Democrat and the battle is in the suburbs, which makes sense. 
and that's the soccer moms. Everybody that wins the suburbs, suburbs, suburbs wins the elections in the last every election in, in the history of election. You win the suburbs, you win the election. And they were talking about this because a lot of women in the suburbs don't like Donald J. Trump. And if he wins, it'll be, you know, by the skin of his teeth. So, so I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, that's all sounds good from the guy there. And I, I believe what he had to say and it's, it's strong and it's good. And, and Trump is good if he gets in and he, he can do some good stuff. If he gets in, if he, if he's electable, if he, I mean, remember, I mean, the, the, the Dems are going to rig it best they can. And that's what they're focused on. And there's a lot of people that just can't bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump. He's very polarizing and, and, and so I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I'm still up in the air on how it's going to go. I know he's got a huge lead over Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley's got no chance, in my view. I still think DeSantis does have a chance, and I think DeSantis is the guy because he's not, he's not drama queen. He's not. He's got just he's just a solid guy. His track record is solid. He's just going to get there and do good stuff. He's a good Christian guy. He's solid on his Christian faith. I think, and I think he's the guy, but. We're, we're, we're not there yet. So who knows? I don't know. I do think Trump would be good. Don't get me wrong. You Trump lovers out there. Don't hate on me. I do think he's, he's good and he'll do good things if he gets in. So I can like two people at the same time. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, what else we going to have in the world of news? We got the uh, Texans and the federal government is battling out. Biden administration does not like what Governor Abbott's doing down there by taking over the border with the National Guard. I think it's awesomeness. I love that that battle's going on. The Biden administration desperately trying to regain access to the area, but it's repeatedly getting blocked by the Texas National Guard. God, that's awesome, isn't it, right there? Texas refused to comply with the deadline for handing back the park and is instead moving ahead, building razor wire fences and arresting invaders. And here's a video of it about the dead gum time, man. Shit, many Christmas, you know, after 8 million of people have come in there and 10 million, 9 million, 7 million, however many million it is, it's millions. And here's, here's the national guard going up down the river with an airboat. And then people are going back to go on the other side of the river. That's one little old spot, but it's a, it's a big spot. Eagle pass down there. That's, that's good. So there's some good news for you. There's your feel good Friday story right there. Okay. What time we got? 821. This is, this is classic. What I'm going to play for you right now. This is so good. I think you're going to like this. Here is Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. And he says, since Nikki Haley is refusing to debate Ron DeSantis before the New Hampshire primary, I present to you Nikki Haley debating herself. I would not run if President Trump ran. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. I will not, not now, not ever, support raising the gas tax. Let's increase the gas tax by 10 cents over the next three years. A huge issue that I'll deal with as soon as I get there is social media. They need to verify every single person on their outlet because, and I want it by name. I never said government should go and require anyone's name. I think China has been a really great friend of ours. Yes, I view China as an enemy. 
that was um, not what I intended to say. I do not think we need to pull money from the UN. The UN, the only thing is we would defund the UN as much as possible. When a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy, what should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. I think there should be federal involvement. You should not have any gender-altering anything done to a child before the age of 18. That's pretty, that's pretty solid right there. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Have you ever heard anybody flip-flop so much on, on all those topics? I mean, now, you know, I don't know. It could be could just be video editing, but Senator Paul putting that out there, he, he's, he's a big-time anti-Nikki Haley. He's been coming out against her and trying to squash her campaign. But that's, uh, that's pretty revelatory right there. I mean, just back and forth. And it's like, what do you think about this, Nikki? Well, it just depends on when you ask me. And who I'm talking to, uh, you know, and that's the problem with politicians. Many of them, they pander to whatever damn group they're talking to. You know, they're, they're just the great panderers of our time. It's unbelievable. So she, she didn't have a chance. I don't think, but I don't always know. I didn't think Obama would get a second deal and nor did I think Clinton would ever make it back. <laughs> Boy, I was wrong there, wasn't I? Whew. Okay. All right. Here's a story. I watched a little clip yesterday. Uh, Tucker Carlson had it on and he was interviewing the guy that, that heads up revolver news. And they were talking all about the pipe bomb, the two pipe bombs that were left at the RNC and the DNC back in the, uh, the, the big insurrection. Remember that <laughs> January 6th. Remember, remember that whole deal. Now, this is it's quite interesting because here and you got nobody talking about the pipe bomb hardly. You got this revolver news guy. He's been on top of it since the beginning, I guess. And there's all this footage that's now been released. They're 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 letting some stuff come come out. A couple of little videos have come out, and here's a video. Now this is this is Kyle Becker on uh, on X that's released this. It's probably out there on Tucker's side as well. But anyway, I watched this interview. And there's all this video. It is the most strange stuff. There's these two cop cars sitting at a deal at the at the at the RNC. This is, I can't remember if it's the RNC or DNC on this video. It doesn't really matter. And this guy walks up to the car and starts talking to these cops, and then he leaves. And then the cops meander around, and there's this people crossing the street, and here's these little school kids crossing the street. And then there's a guy that walks over and takes a picture, like one of the cops, takes a picture of exactly where the pipe bomb is. It's right next to a bench. And next to this building, next to some bushes, and he takes a picture of the, and then he walks off. I mean, it's like they all know this is there, and that the whole thing is staged, and that's why it's isn't it interesting that nobody's talking about it? Now you have to know that if they really believe this was planted by some Republican, you know, person, a MAGA person. That would be all over the news because all they talk about is January 6th and the, you know, <laughs> it almost toppled the country. These unarmed protesters almost took the country down. It's worse than 9-11. I mean, you kidding me right now? It's all they talk about, but they don't talk about the pipe bombs. Why is that? Even Nikki Haley, not Nikki Haley, Kamala Harris, almost the same person, was in the building and could be out there talking about, oh, my gosh, I almost lost my life. One of these pipe moms, somebody put it out. <laughs> but she she never mentioned it, ever. Nobody talking about it. Nobody in the media. Nobody in the, in the, 
because they know it's so obviously, and and and, and the FBI has arrested over 1,200 people that were in or around the Capitol that day, and they're still going after them. You know, these grandmas that happened to be walking by that day, wow, get me, put you in prison. But they can't find, and there's all this video of these of this person that they, with a backpack and where they were and the timestamps and all this stuff, but they can't seem to find the person that did it and get them arrested and, you know, get this deal done. Two pipe bombs, RNC and DNC. I'm telling you what, our FBI, man, not only do they not need a new building, they need to be completely shut down. I, I think it's just, they're, they're, they're mostly a big joke. And they're, they're an arm of the, the leftist party with all this crap they're doing. I mean, it's maddening. You know what I'm saying right there? Of course you do. There's lots more to talk about. And we'd love to get your thoughts and opinions about it. 918-756-3646 is our number. Coming right back. You stay with us. Thank God it's Friday. I will not comply. Quit trying to take me to task because I don't want to wear a mask or take a vaccine that could maybe make me die. They got no scientific evidence to back that crap up. All they do is feed us lie after lie. That's why I will not comply. Oh, it's a great theme song right there. We will not comply, ladies and gentlemen. We just can't, can't do it. <laughs> That's a good song. I'm just telling you. What's the guy's name? Blind Joe? Something like that. Blind guy singing a song. It's a good song. <laughs> we'll not comply right there. And not going to do it. And I, I'm telling you why. Because they, <clears throat> these people are, <clears throat> they're out of the devil. They're out of the devil. They, you know, it's, we talk about this a lot. And there's just so much information coming out about the vaccines, you know, the so-called vaccine from Pfizer and Moderna and, and so forth. And and there's a guy named Dr. Ryan Cole, Ryan Cole. He's a really sharp doctor. He's been out there quite a bit. There's, there's a group of doctors that have not been afraid to come out and speak out about what's happening and all the, the problems after the rollout of the vaccine and so on and so forth. And this is a really big issue here. This is about cancers on the rise all over the world. And, and trends. And I'm going to play just a, a few minutes of this guy uh, to let you listen to what he's finding. And it's, 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 uh, it's out there again. His name's Dr. Ryan Cole. If you want to go search this guy uh, and, and he's got a slide presentation he's given, I don't have, I can't see the slides, but you, you'll, you'll catch what he's saying. Cause it's, uh, it's pretty important. Stuff. And I, I, I put this stuff out there because I, I do care about you. You guys are my friends. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be informed about what's happening and not just trust, you know, what the government is going to tell you today. I want you to have some ammo and some information about what's out there so that it would, next time it comes around, you're not going to be fooled and complying just because. Okay. So here's what this guy has to say. Take a listen. Uh, we've seen the loss and the death of informed consent around the world. How many people were told of all the uh, harms to the brain, to the heart, to uh, the reproductive organs prior to uh, getting these injections? I would posit that none have, and I think that's the problem with which uh, we're faced. Um, and, you know, if a therapy is effective, it doesn't matter if it isn't safe. And uh, obviously, we can hound the world with all the data in the world, 
But if people don't listen, it doesn't matter. Um, are my slides up? Or are they still loading, Robbie? Okay. They're coming. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people have injection regret. Um, they were hoping not to uh, get this, but because they wanted to travel or because they were coerced into thinking that these investigational biological products were actually a vaccine. And as you can see from all the data we've received today, they most certainly weren't. We've seen the death of public health. Um, vitamin D was ignored. We have a vitamin D deficiency pandemic around the world that could have uh, allayed and uh, prevented much of the harms that we did see. We have an obesity pandemic around the world. We have sick care systems around the world, not health care systems. Uh, and probably the biggest death we've seen around the world in the last three years is the death of curiosity and the death of critical thinking. Um, and the laws around the world are irrelevant if there's no will to enforce the laws and the regulations that are on the books. So we've also seen much corruption happen all over a little virus that was no worse than a flu. Uh, I'm going to start by showing you an excessive uh, list of studies showing the mutagenicity of these shots. Oh, wait a minute, I'm not, because there isn't an excessive list of the carcinogenicity and the mutagenicity studies. Um, I'll show you all the ones from Pfizer right now. Oh, no, I won't. Wait, I'll show you the long list of ones from... Med no, I won't. Okay, I'll show you the mutagenic carcinogenic studies from AstraZeneca and J, J. No, I won't, because the studies weren't done. They don't exist. I always start my talk like this. The man who does not read has no advantage over the man who cannot read. And it seems that much of the medical profession and much of politics around the world is suffering this problem of illiteracy. And of course, all scientists and doctors agree when you censor the ones who don't. Now, how many, how many people in this room uh, know about the Trusted News Initiative? Please raise your hand. Okay, that's about half the room. That's more than most audiences. Uh, the reason you haven't heard most of the things that you've heard today is because the media is in collusion with whatever the powers that be in preventing you from getting that information. All right, next question then. Let's talk about the monster in the room, spike protein and cancer mechanism potentials. How many people in this room, after the rollout of the injections, have a friend, a colleague, a patient who had an unexpected cancer, a very aggressive cancer? Please show of hands. Wow. Let the record show for those who can't see the room that that's more than half of the room. So who's the pathologist? The pathologist is the most important doctor that you never meet that you always hope is right. And I'm honored to be here with my esteemed colleagues. Uh, we're the quality control of medicine. We're the ones, if we see something, we say something, whether it's convenient or not. And why does it matter? Because it's your life and death between our eyeballs. It's what we do every day. All good science begins with observation. My colleagues here, and I want to thank Dr. Burkhart and his group because they were the first to really start pointing out these vaccinal harms and the deaths due to the spike protein. Thank you, Dr. Burkhart. I was at a meeting in Texas just two days ago, and more pathologists were there. I was at another meeting recently. Pathologists are seeing this. Some of them are still afraid to say something because of, of loss of uh, profession or job. Clinical observation, uh, the cancer rates are off the charts and growing, and it's really unfortunate. Insurance uh, data sets out of Germany show a marked increase in uh, unexpected cancers as well. 
colleague, Dr. DeGleish, oncologist in the UK, met with him a couple months ago. Uh, he's seeing astounding numbers of very aggressive cancers in his population. Now, this is somebody who's been doing oncology for 40 years. So when you see something, you say something. He has spoken out. It's time to stop these shots. Um, here's work from the ethical skeptic, uh, some very good data crunching. I'm going to show you four graphs. Anyway, it starts going on to his slide presentation and just showing the graphs of increased cancers worldwide and what these people are seeing from this so-called vaccine shot. So it's, um, it's just unfortunate. And again, this, they didn't do the studies. They, it was rushed out. And uh, anyway, so <clears throat> do some reading. I like that quote he said, you know, you're, you're no better than the people that can't read if you don't read. And, of course, there was that whole campaign coming out shaming people for doing their own research. I don't know if you remember seeing any of that stuff, but it's like, who do you think you are? You, you think you're a research person? You think you're, you can go to Google and find any information? Trust the doctors. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget it, man. They 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 shamed everybody that, that wouldn't get the, the thing, the shot, the old jab, and then they shamed you for trying to do some research. And, and thank God some of us did. You know, because here we are. So anyway, what else is happening in news out there, people? We got, we got, we got this. I, I don't understand very much because I'm not very smart. I'm not very smart. I, I tell you what, somebody explained to me how the Supreme Court can come down with a ruling that you can't do something, and then you, as an as an administrator, law person, just says, "I'm going to do it anyway," and you just go ahead and do it. I, I mean, am I wrong? Did the Supreme Court not come out and say it was unconstitutional for the White House to forgive student debt? Did I miss that somewhere? It seemed like I read that. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. I thought I did. But anyway, he's doing it anyway. Here's a story. White House cancels $5 billion in student debt for 74,000 borrowers. And they're just going ahead with it. That's right. The beneficiaries of the measures include public sector workers who have served in their positions for more than 10 years, such as teachers, nurses, firefighters. Of the approved borrowers, 44,000 were having their education debt wiped clean after a decade of public service, according to President Joe. Approximately 30,000 borrowers worked towards repayment for the last 20 years, but never got the relief they earned through income-driven repayment plans. Here it is. The latest round of debt relief comes after the 2020 Supreme Court ruling striking down the White House's student loan debt relief plan. Okay, I thought I read that somewhere. Since then, the Biden administration has launched a series of smaller relief programs saying my administration is able to deliver relief to these borrowers and millions more because of fixes we made to the broken student loan programs that were preventing borrowers from getting relief they were entitled to. Which means they found a way to go around it, evidently. That's what they've done. There it is. 2020, the Supreme Court ruled striking down the White House's student loan debt relief plan. <laughs> there it is. Right there it is. And then they, they found a way around it. It's doing it anyway. It's like, oh, well, we'll just do this. I mean, it's great if you're the one, but what about the people that paid and worked their ass off to pay for their schooling? And all the parents and all the people that have, have scraped and saved and done and done the right thing and paid off their freaking loans. And then you got these people that didn't. And, the, and this, is, this is the problem with the Democrats. It's just free ice cream. Vote for me. Here's you some free ice cream. Can I have your vote? Here's some money. Here's you some 
COVID relief money. Here's some debt relief. Let me just pay you some. Can I just buy your vote? Let's just be honest. I'm just trying to buy your vote here. <laughs> please just vote for me. Please keep me in power. Here's some more cash. And the idiots say, yeah, hell yeah. Give me the cash. Give me the ice cream. You got my vote. And they stay in power. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's as simple as that. And all the Republicans out there trying to save the planet, do the right thing, and, and follow God and Constitution. And we can't give away free ice cream to everybody and just print money. Here you, here you go. We can't just raise the minimum wage to $500 an hour just because it sounds like a good idea. Because there's there's got to be some common sense coming to play. And it, it's not good for business, which hires the people that want to make $500 an hour. And then they hire robots instead because, it, anyway, it's it's in, it's insane. It's insane. I don't know. I, they just do it in any way. Here they are. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Democrats and policy, I, I, I got to go back to this. I saw this morning uh, the guy that does the cartoons. Uh, Scott Adams is his name. He draws that cartoon guy, Dilbert. Is that, the, is that the cartoon? I don't read the papers and I don't watch television. How am I in the know? Oh, it's interwebs. Anyway, he, he's putting out a thought experiment. I thought this was interesting. I'll read this to you. He says, imagine one American state implementing nothing but mainstream Republican policies while another mainstream state does Democrat policies. With, without objection, and, and we describe what these states look like in 25 years. His hypothesis is that the Republicans can predict the future with eerie precision, while Democrats would have to change the subject or try to convince you that their state would be fine. Keep in mind that migrants would flood only the Democrat state. In unlimited numbers, all rich people would move out of that state to get lower taxes, Poor people would move into the state to get the better benefits. We're just talking about the free ice cream and the cash. No industry would enter the Democrat state. The tax base would plunge. Schools would become underfunded. Crime would surge. And race discrimination against white males would be the law. That's what he thinks as his thought experience. What happened would be in the Democratic state. And if you disagree, you're welcome to text or call me. The phone lines are wide open, 756-3646, area code 918. We Americans like to think there's a big philosophical difference between Democrats and Republicans, but really it's just a difference in understanding how anything works from math to human motivation, which is partly explained by Democrats skewing younger and partly explained by their news sources being corrupt. And it's just a thought about the policies. And, and I, I, of course, of course, I agree with it. Of course I would. I think it's just common sense. I think it's just how it works. Right. Right. Okay. Oh, so we got to get this right. Oh, no, thank you for this. I got a text here coming in on the Wendy Chevy text. I'm glad you texted this because I almost forgot. Here's the listener says I'm, I'm late tuning in. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, Shame you for that. I apologize if you've already talked about this. I heard yesterday that Oklahoma is passing a law that uh, about costumes at schools, meaning the kids that identify as animals. 
said that if they comply, <laughs> they will call animal control. Okay, this is a this is true, and I I don't I have this somewhere deep in the archives, and I don't I'll just have to Google it real quick because this is a this is a good story. Uh, Oklahoma furry bill. Okay, this this will be easy to find. Okay, so this is this is it right here. Let me see if the Oklahoman is going to let me come in here without having to pay for this. If I get it behind the paywall. So there's a bill that's being floated around. I don't know if it's, it's going to be entered or what. A lawmaker here in Oklahoma, Representative Justin Humphrey, Republican from Lane, Oklahoma, decided to file a bill targeting furries. And many of you have no idea what the hell this is even talking about. I, I wouldn't have known. People in subculture interested in anthropomorphic animal characters. That's a big word, and I nailed it. Did you catch that? He even went to Sayre High School and could say that word. Humphrey's bill, House Bill 3084, would ban students who pr uh, purport to be an imaginary animal or animal species or who engage in anthropomorphic behavior commonly referred to as furries at school from participating in class and school activities. The bill would require parents or guardians to pick the student up from school. But, and here's the funny part, if parents are unable to pick the student up, the bill says, animal control. <laughs> this is the best part of the whole bill. Animal control would be called in, and the, the, the student would be removed by animal control and put in a cage and hauled off to the animal control shelter, I guess, and then you can go bail them out of the shelter. So that's that's uh, that's a bill being floated around uh, by. Have you heard about this stuff? These furries, these kids that that identify as animals. And I, you mean we we've heard some about this, you know, in the past year or two, where they some of the schools were putting litter boxes in the class. Did you hear about this? These kids that want to identify. I guess there's a cat. That's the ones that would need the litter box, and then there had to be a litter box in the school. I, I don't think the kids are really pooping in the litter box. I mean, I don't know. They, they might be. There is some mental illness going on out there. I mean, they're and it's it's the culture. The culture's, you know, praising it. And, and oh, you want to be a, you want to be a different sex? Yeah, go right ahead. You want to be little did, but you want to be high, whatever you want to be, you can be just whatever you feel like. Oh, you're an animal. Why not? You're a kitty cat. Well, there's your litter box over there. Anyway, it, it, it's, it's sad. It really is sad. I mean, let's just be honest here. It, it, it's so sad. And it's sad to me. What's even sadder? Is that a word or is it more sad? That the parents go along with this insanity with their kids, you know, and they're like, well, I don't know. They, I just let them, it's just a kid thing. It's whatever they want to, they want to identify as a cat dog, uh, wear animals clothes and, and put their face and do their nails and <laughs> let them, parents got to stand up and, and be parents for crying out loud. And then the adults and the teachers and the administrators, they're all going along. I mean, it's, it's insane. It's the same thing with the whole trans thing, but it gets worse with that because then they're cutting off body parts and taking pills and stuff that will damage them permanently. 
But Oklahoma is going to come in and we're going to save the day. Thank you, Representative Mr. Humphrey there for uh, putting that bill out there. I, I almost forgot. Mark Abbott called me about that too yesterday or the day before when it was. He was telling me about this. He said, Brewery, you seen this deal? I was like, yeah, I've seen it. And I got all caught up in all the other stuff. And I'm glad we got this out there. Oklahoma is going to save today. We're going to save the world. Just keep looking at Oklahoma for the politics and how to do it. <laughs> the parents don't come get that furry kid. We'll call animal control right there. <laughs> Whew, man, politics in 2024. Life, culture, that, you know, it's just it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you for that. Appreciate that a lot. All right. What else we got happening in the world to lose in our final moments? It's, it's winding down. What is going on with this whole deal with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin? You know, he, he called an ambulance. I, I, I listened to the 911 call of the Defense Secretary. He's a top dude in defense, Lloyd Austin. He's a, he's a total weirdo in the Biden administration. Remember the whole deal? He was gone to the hospital and nobody knew it, and he didn't tell these, the boss, the president, whatnot. I heard the 911 call. He calls, he calls 911, and he says, I am so-and-so. And I'm, I'm calling for an ambulance. However, can you guys come to the house without your lights and sirens going on? Because I want this to be discreet. Now, it's, it's a weird deal. I mean, something's really going wrong. You need, need an ambulance. I mean, this is getting serious. But he doesn't want to draw any attention. Obviously, he's trying to keep this whole thing secret. I mean, he, he literally said to the ambulance, to the 911, please, no lights, <clears throat> no sirens. I am an important person. And I need to keep this under, and I'm not, I'm not going to tell my oatmeal for brain boss. And so I, I need to, you know, anyway, so that's all. And so now he's being asked to testify in front of Congress about this recent hospitalization and failure to immediately notify the White House. I mean, what is that all about? These guys know what protocol is. You're the head of the military, bro. Except for your boss, who I know you <laughs> you don't want to tell. I mean, I get it, I guess. They don't want to tell Joe. <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. You still got to do it. So anyway, he may be having to testify now. And I, I, I hate whatever he's going through. I'm, I'm not, you know, and I'm, it's terrible. Obviously, anybody's having any health issues. Hate that, but... Anyway, do the, do the thing. Do the right thing. Protocol. It's called protocol. All right, so who's going to be Donald Trump's vice president? Donald Trump, didn't he say he already had his pick? And in the news, it's, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson is still in the running. Matter of fact, Don Jr. said that Tucker is certainly a contender to be Trump's vice president. Now, I know that's going to upset Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, there's also big, big talk about Elise Stefanik. She's a, uh, I don't think she's a, uh, she's a, she's in the house, I think. And I don't know what state she's from. She's not super conservative, but she is a, uh, a Trump supporter and has always been. So, so she's going to be running, running big time. Vivek, he's hoping he's going to get a big position of some sort. And then there's Tucker. Carlson. Now, wouldn't that just be the funniest thing ever? Here he gets fired from Fox News Corporation, and he ends up as the vice president of the United States. 
of America. O to the M to the G. That uh, would be just weird. And of course, we're in some weird times, are we not? We are in some weird times. Ladies. I, you know, I, I like Tucker. I think Tucker is a uh, is a good guy and he's a sharp guy. I don't know, you know, how he would be as a vice president. And then what if something happened and then Tucker's the president? I mean, that's what you got to think about. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, come on. Tucker is president? I mean, I couldn't be. It could be. You could certainly do better than what we got going on now, right? And it'd be better than the Obama days. I mean, he, he, but but it just seems weird to think about Tucker as as the president. God forbid something happened to the, the DJ. But it, it's it's I don't know, man. It's just a weird weird time to be alive. Speaking of weird and evil, what time is it? Eight fifty-three. I do not understand this liberal politics, and this is where that thought experiment we talked about earlier. You, your your Democratic-run cities—if you left them alone and it was all just Democrats getting their way—this is what you would have. This is what you do have in, in Democratic-run cities right now. In Boston, headline story: A Haitian man who was in the United States illegally was arrested and charged with raping a developmentally disabled person. That sounds like a pretty bad crime that you would you would be in jail for for quite a while. However, the man was released by officials in the Democrat-run city of Boston. They refused to cooperate with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, agents who tried to arrest this person. This scenario has led to outrage and disbelief after ICE reported that the city's public officials chose to release him back into the community despite the serious nature of the crime. ICE did not name the accused man, but revealed that he was a 31-year-old man from Haiti who entered the southern border illegally back in 2022. I mean, ladies and gentlemen of the listening audience, how, how in the how in the world, how in who on the planet do you know? would hear this situation, have evidence, and release this animal back into society. Now, I just can't, I I can't wrap my mind around people that would actually do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, seriously. I mean, I get there's some weirdos out there who want to do some weird things, and, and, you know, there's a ton of them. But to releasing these savages back into the community to to create this, this mayhem? I, I cannot understand it. I, I don't understand it. And it's, it's, it's sickening. It's wild. All right. So many, so, I got a couple of more stories I got to get to you. All right. Did we talk about this already? Bibi Netanyahu rebuff president goofball up there about the two state solution. I love this from Bibi right here. He says, Israel must control the Gaza for total victory. And Netanyahu rejects the two state solution idea. The Democrats are resurrecting this stupid, horrible policy that will never work, never was going to work, never going to work. And uh, they're trying to resurrect it. And BB said, no, not going to do that. Thank God. And he's, he's talking about total control of Gaza too, which is phenomenal. 
Israel has got to control Gaza to keep these maniacs out of there. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're moving on. Awesome news right there. Okay, I got one more, at least one more crazy story. By the way, I got a text here about uh, Mark Wayne Mullen, Senator Mullen. We don't have him on today. We're going to have him on February 2nd, February 2nd. We'll have the, the Senator uh, Mullen back in the back in the rotation, working on Langford's crew right now, and that's that's coming as well. And we've got Scott Fetgetter coming in, Representative Scott Fetgetter on the 30th of January. He'll be coming in here for the program as well. Okay, finally, uh, I don't know if you saw this story out there. You, you, you probably didn't. I, I would think probably you didn't see this story. There is a story floating around there, and it's actually a video of the CEO Chief Executive Officer for United Airlines dancing around like a drag queen. I kid you not. Now, this is, I mean, at United Airlines, a pretty big company, right? I mean, it's multi-millions, a big company, employs a lot of people. Their CEO is out there, and it's a weird deal. I mean, you ought to, you'll see the video, and it's all the people. And he's, he's got these—he's a big guy. He's in tall, high heels, and his funky drag. He's all dressed in drag, and he's—it's this weird fetishes these people have. I, I just—I don't know. I don't want to fly an airline. I don't want to support that. That I'm just glad I'm not even flying. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just glad I don't have to fly. I, I feel bad for the people that have to fly and to deal with the airlines. You know, unless you're illegal, it's a pain. Now, if you're legal, it's, it's a breeze. You get right on. Go wherever you want to go. Free tickets. But if you're, if you're, uh, you know, a decent citizen, uh, it's, it's trouble. And and you, you don't want to support that. This is a top guy. Top guy right there. Well, what is this, Friday? Today's Friday, and it? it's this last day of the week as far as the work week, and I'm glad to hear that. I, I'm glad for you. I'm glad for me, especially, that it is Friday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'm sorry it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold today in the 20s, but it's Friday. It's a feel-good Friday. Do you got your Bloody Mary? Did you have your mimosa out? I hope so. I hope you have a good Friday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. We're going to round back up, God willing, next week and do this all again. Going to continue to play with all this recording stuff and see if we can get this actually live streaming. I was going to do it today. I thought I was ready, but I was not. But anyway, we're going to get this uh, recorded out there. It is recorded, and we're going to put it out there in the interwebs for you and, and, and all that stuff. Okay, you guys have a good weekend. We're going to get you back into some Tradio right now with Tricia, one of the most amazing people on the planet. Here she is.